It's time for episode 169 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 28, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where we've run out of time for 2016. I'm Jason Snell, and across the internet from me, back in his home in the U.S. of A., it's Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. So good to be back here on my sonorous microphone. It's just it's a delight. Yeah. It's a delight to be here. But I'm, I'm glad we're bidding adieu to 2016. I think we can all agree it's better off as one for the history books. Yeah, so good riddance, but we're going we're gonna to send it off in style today. We have two wonderful guests and a special sort of format for this episode. <laughs> so to my left, you know her as Mrs. Soup in the chat room. She's Kathy Campbell. Hello. Welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited to be back, even though I'm kind of sad that we're not in Southern Ireland recording this again. Fair point. I agree with you. Uh, to my left, our other guest, one of the co-founders of Relay FM and the co-host of Liftoff, among other podcasts, Mr. Stephen Hackett is here. Hi, Stephen. Wait, we weren't supposed to fly to Ireland for this? Where are you guys? I've been here. I've been waiting. <laughs> So let me explain what's going to happen. I have decided that this episode, arbitrarily as the guest dictator of the Clockwise Spreadsheet, that we're going to have this be our year-in-review episode. And so instead of having my guests provide their own topics, as usually happens, uh, we've uh, basically all been assigned by me uh, some topics looking back at the year gone by and perhaps also looking forward to the year ahead. So we're going to do this one by one in draft form. It has to be that way. If somebody picks something, you can't pick it. You got to pick something different. So we'll have four different answers to all four topics. I, uh, since I am the dictator of this episode, I'm going to go first. Why not? <laughs> Let's just do that. And I'm going to ask everybody to give me a pick for the best technology product of the year. And because I am a benevolent dictator, I'm going to wait till the end to give you my choice. <laughs> Kathy? Well, I am going to pick Pokemon Go. Um, I know it was a big thing, July, and the tech people, the tech world have kind of passed it. However, I have noticed, uh, especially in the last couple months of my travel, that the lowly peons of the world are still extremely adamantly passionate about Pokemon Go. Uh, when I was in London, there was a really cute older couple, probably about 80, that were playing it together. And I just love that, yes, it's past generations, but it's still going pretty strong and getting people out and about and walking and communicating. So they're on their phones, but they're not really on their phones. And that just makes me really happy. Oh, best job. Well, I'm going to pick my favorite tech product of the year, which I believe came out around mid-year. And I was, uh, I think I've spoken of it on a past episode, uh, the Bose QuietComfort 35 Bluetooth wireless headphones. Uh, which made a huge difference to me as I was traveling recently. Uh, that was my first pair of noise-canceling headphones. They also came out just in time um, for the iPhone 7, which, of course, did away with the traditional headphone jack. <laughs> so it was a nice, good, good, uh, good little good uh, serendipity there to be able to switch over to a Bluetooth set of headphones. Um, I'm not an audiophile. I'm sure our friends like Mr. Marco Arment will have strong opinions about the audio. Um, but in terms of a user experience angle, uh, I really like the Bose headphones. They seem to have great battery life. 
Um, uh, the noise cancellation is, is amazing. It just really changed my life in the, uh, traveling on planes and trains and all those various things. And it works pretty well in terms of pairing with multiple devices. Uh, I, I didn't really have a lot of problems in terms of, um, sort of Bluetooth flakiness or anything like that. Um, they come with a nice carrying case and everything. It's just, it was just a delightful pair of headphones. And, and usually I'm the kind of guy who buys, you know, the $20, $30 pair of headphones that it doesn't matter if I accidentally step on them or drop them in the toilet or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, they're disposable. <laughs> so I'm going to try to be a little careful, more careful with these. But I, I think those were certainly the, uh, the tech product that made the biggest difference in my life this year. I think I'm going to keep riding the Bluetooth train and name the AirPods. <laughs> the Bluetooth train is trackless. That's super dangerous. Do not get on the Bluetooth train. You guys. Sorry, Stephen. Um, even though, you know, they're, they're the newest product that I had written down, I, I do think they're, they really embody all the good things that, with, that Apple can do with hardware and software. They're fun to use. They have magnets and little LEDs, and they're, they're adorable, and you can put them in your pocket. They're portable. Um, and they they sound good, and they're you know pretty in line price wise, and there's just a lot of I just really enjoy using them. And so many of the tech products that came out or I bought in 2016, you know, it came with with pros and cons. And the AirPods have some cons, right? Like you don't have to charge wired headphones. But as far as Bluetooth earbuds, if you're going to charge something, the AirPods make it really easy and kind of rewarding to do so. A little magnet clicks, and uh, that does something to my brain that I really like. They're just fun, and that's what I keep coming back to. They're just fun, and uh, for me, that counts for a lot when it comes to Apple, and so AirPods get my uh, stamp of approval for 2016. I like the iPad Pro 9.7-inch model that came out this year with combined with the Logitech Create keyboard. Now, they did, Logitech made a Create keyboard for the big iPad Pro, which is the one that I usually use, and I don't love that keyboard because it sort of turns my iPad into a MacBook Air, and it seems bulky and big because the iPad Pro is so big. The iPad Pro 9.7 is small enough that you can make this small keyboard case, and it's really good. And even though the keys are a little bit too small uh, compared to a standard keyboard, they are. Uh, I, I was able to type at full speed, and it was enjoyable. And I thought to myself, you know, if I was going somewhere and needed to travel as light as possible, and what I wanted to do was write... I think that's what I would take with me is that Create Keyboard and the iPad Pro 9.7 because it is just a fantastic little writing machine. And then, of course, you pop the iPad out of the case and you've got a light tablet to use for doing stuff that doesn't involve typing. And I think that combination is really great. Uh, so that's going to be my choice. I, I want to pick them together because the iPad Pro 9.7 is a, a really good product on its own. But uh, with that keyboard case, it's even better. And also, Stephen took AirPods, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> we have talked about the best. Now let's get negative. Let's talk about the worst tech product of 2016. Kathy, you're in charge of this. Do you want to go first? Oh, heck yeah, I'm going first. The one and only story is the Galaxy Note 7. Mm -hmm. uh, no other story has had a uh, history such as this. I mean, I can't remember anything else that had warning signs at airports, at all airports. Uh, I've done a fair bit of flying this year, more than usual, and everywhere, the signs and the announcements and all of that. And I don't know what the future will bring for Samsung, let alone the Note series, but Samsung as a whole. Uh, but 
it will be a very interesting 2017 for Samsung, uh, and it has been an extremely interesting year for the Galaxy Note 7. If you want to hear more about the terribleness of it, listen to uh, the most recent episode of Connected with our very own Stephen Hackett and a couple others. How's that for a little throw over? Well, so so Kathy obviously took the one that was the top of my list, and yeah. I, I'm deciding if I want to be curmudgeonly enough to pick. Um, I had Pokemon Go on my list as well, <laughs> <laughs> but that seems that seems mean. Um, so I'm not going to pick that. Um, I'm going to pick kind of an orthogonal one. I'm going to pick Yahoo. Um, <gasps> oh, that was on my oh, list man. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo has had a terrible year, one security breach after another. Uh, there was the whole sort of issue with them possibly screening emails for the government, basic government basically, and sort of like f- like looking through everything and then searching all those emails. And oh my God, Yahoo is just—it's gone from being one of the bastions of a, a dot-com era tech brand to just basically just a punchline, which I guess is appropriate because there's an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think Yahoo. Who just seems like they're they're stumbling along on their last legs there. Every decision they make seems to end up in something disastrous. Uh, and I have to ad- imagine they're not long for this world. Although you never know in the tech industry, these things can persist seemingly forever. So Yahoo, uh, you're you're not only on notice, you're on your. <laughs> it's time for you to get your act together or, or go out of business. I guess so. There you go. It's not a product from 2016. It's not even a product from 2015, or it's not a product from even 2014. Apple's very own Mac Pro. Uh, This thing now, three years, I mean, everybody knows this, three years old, it's still for sale for the same price. There's been a lot of hand-wringing about what happened. Apple skipped some Intel generations, the generation that would be using now is delayed. The thing is still for sale. I agree with Jason's thinking that if Apple were getting rid of the Mac Pro, it would be gone already. Like, why keep a machine that's so painfully out of date still for sale unless you want to hold that spot open uh so i i do have a little bit of hope but you know 20, in 2016 the mac pro went from something we kind of rolled our eyes at to something that really was seen as a real uh a real problem and a real sign of of distress i think when it comes to the the mac and its fans and you know so much of that narrative has really been around this single machine and you know we could talk about the mac mini it's it's lot in life is really just as pathetic at this point but the mac pro is for professionals it's expensive it's for people like us who make things all day and when i bought a new computer this year i didn't even consider it i bought an imac and so many people are doing that because this is not a viable computer anymore and um so i think it is you know if uh, if you define this as products you could go into a store and buy today. The Mac Pro is on the list, and I've got to I've got to say it's it's really heartbreaking. That's a great choice. Uh, I'm going to choose then. Thank you, Stephen, for leaving my choice, which is designed by Apple in California. Oh no! <laughs> a book I like that book that costs several hundred dollars. It's a coffee table book. You know, here's my problem with it is. Is not that uh, Apple decided to make a coffee table book with beautiful photography showcasing the products that they've designed in Johnny Ives' design studio over the last 15 years. They can do that. Fair enough. I, I think my problem with it is this is a book that didn't need to exist and didn't need to come from Apple. First off, there are other Apple design books. These are all photographs of products that exist in the wild. Literally anybody could have made this book. 
but Apple made it it and then charged several (laughs) hundred dollars for it. And I think that's the most offensive thing. That's what ticks it over for me. It's not that it's expensive. It's not that Apple made it. It's that Apple made a product that is essentially like a Me Too product because it doesn't add anything to the equation. There are so many things Apple could have done in this book in order to make it a must-have for people who care about Apple and design in terms of adding text, for example about the design of the products from the people who designed them, even a little bit. Don't give away your you know, design secrets, but hire a writer to interview some of the designers and put some interesting text on the pages. Nope, it's just pictures of products like anyone could do, except Apple self-published it and charges several hundred dollars for it. And that's, uh, that's really dumb. So uh, in lieu of the Galaxy Note 7 and Yahoo, both of which were higher on my list, I have to pick <laughs> Designed by Apple in California. Well, that was something. So we're going to move on to uh, to uh, some other wacky end-of-year topics. But first, uh, that's two down, so it's halftime. Let me tell you about our sponsor. Once again, this week, Clockwise being brought to you by Linode. Linode is a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers. They're spread across nine different data centers around the world. It's a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. And like me, you can get a server up and running in almost no time, less than a minute. Plans start at just $10 a month, and you can get two gigabytes of RAM with that. So it's, it's not a an underpowered server even at $10 a month and you choose your resources your Linux distro your node location right from the manager tool Uh, you can deploy boot and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks all from their web-based tool it's super easy it's great for running tasks like a private git server hosting a large database running a mail server operating powerful applications setting up your own website and podcast network like me so many things that you can do with a linode server and they've got industry-leading native ssd storage and a 40 gigabit network so you've got all the power and speed you need to get your tasks done in the cloud and as a listener to clockwise you can go to linode.com slash clockwise and support Support us, plus you'll get $20 toward any Linode plan, and there's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash clockwise, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code clockwise20 at checkout. Thank you to Linode for sponsoring Clockwise. All right, Dan, it's time for your round i guess is what we'll call this <laughs> end, end of the year topic shall we say end of the sure, year topic. let's do that why not uh all right so it's a year full of many many tech stories and and it was a year so uh let's talk about the weirdest or dumbest tech story of 2016 and as a as a co-host i may not be the benevolent dictator but i will be a gracious co-host <laughs> and let Stephen hackett go first so i'm gonna pick fake news on facebook mm. uh and I would say weird, dumbest slash most frustrating. You know, we have these uh, these these stories, these fictionalized stories, are completely made up. There was a, a big uh, investigative piece showing that a lot of them, like, are just teenagers, like in Macedonia somewhere, built this website, completely gaming the system to get paid views and to make some money. And these stories just spread like wildfire wildfire on Facebook. And there was a lot of back and forth with the company. They seem uh, to refuse to understand they're a media company. They they really are at this point. And they you know this this came on the heels of controversy earlier in the year with their recommended stories box being curated by humans. There was some political stuff there. Uh, they fired the human team. They put algorithms in charge, and algorithms promoted fake news. And uh, they are now, you know, after the election here at the end of the year, they are 
slowly but surely, I think, trying to address this. But look, Facebook is filled with some of the smartest software engineers on the planet. They they have some of the best computer scientists, some of the, the best software. They can solve this. They can fix it. And the fact that they drug their feet on it for so long and um, and that they just refuse to even, you know, admit it's a problem or, or say that it's something that they should they should deal with was was really you know uh to, to use the the name of the category here was really dumb like they have a responsibility <laughs> as a platform owner to filter this sort of stuff out and they they just simply refuse to do it or didn't do it or whatever the case may be uh so i hope that facebook can turn that around for 2017 but when i look back if, if i think about a single tech story that really gets under my skin uh, that's the one. There was this attempt to create a trend in uh, trying to perceive a consumer need that I think doesn't exist, a consumer desire, which was to create smartphones that were modular so that you could assemble them out of pieces <laughs> and take like parts of them out and put in other parts. There was the LG G5, the Moto Z, and of course, Google's Project Aura, which from the beginning was very clearly not a product that was ever going to ship or was anything that anybody wanted in any way. What if we made a thicker, heavier smartphone that had parts you could lose or they could fall off, but you you could, you know, but it was modular, and I just I would flash back to the days when com- when all computers were towers or mini towers, or if they were laptops, they had big card slots, and everybody talked about how expansion and expandability was important. I'm not going to buy a computer without a card slot because what if I want to put a card in there? And then you would ask those people, "Hey, did you ever put a card in there?" And the answer was always, "No, they never did." And this was this struck me as being uh, very similar to the modular smartphone story, which is. I don't think people really wanted it, and if they wanted it, they wouldn't ever use it. And the idea that you would trade some key features of smartphones, like the fact that they're small and light and, and sleek, and instead create some sort of Lego monstrosity, and that that would be the phone that you'd want to have, you pull it out of your pocket and the camera falls off or something like that, come on. So I, I, so I think this is a dumb story. Uh, on the same level as like TV manufacturers trying to generate uh, uh, interest in 3D TV, where it's like, we got to do something, we might as well try it. And the, and the consumer said, no. We're not interested. So uh, I hopefully the modular smartphone died this year as Google killed Project Aura. But uh, we'll see. But I thought that was a dumb story. <laughs> okay. So uh, mine is kind of circling back on Facebook. Uh, Facebook Live kind <laughs> of started out slow. And then all of a sudden, here comes Chewbacca Mom. Uh, this video if you haven't seen it, which really, let's be honest, who hasn't seen it at least once, uh, is this mask that this lady got from Kohl's, and it's just whatever it is. But it became this ridiculously viral story that just did not stop and still hasn't stopped. I have friends that are still getting the mask and making videos. And now I, most of my friends are not as high tech, techie world as the gentleman on this podcast. So the flicker, the like trickle down effect of stories just goes forever. And I am very excited 
to hope and pray that the stupid Chewbacca mask does not come back next year. Uh, well, I am amazed because I had a list of five stories <laughs> and nobody picked any of them. <laughs> My pick is Apple's change to the gun emoji from a gun <laughs> to a water gun. And how it's not that there isn't a discussion to be had here, but the volume and, and anger over this discussion was frankly ridiculous. Like there was a lot of ink spilled on this whole, what does it mean? Is this anti-gun control? Is this, and it's just like, guys, it's a cartoon image on a phone. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that is my pick for the weirdest slash dumbest story of the entire year is all of the people who got hit up about the the gun change, a uh, gun emoji change in iOS. So thank God that probably won't happen again, right? We'll move on to axes or something else. So I get to go last. I'm the December of this rotation. Mm-hmm. And uh, my topic is ways that tech has improved slash changed your life in uh in 2016 and in keeping with the tradition i will allow jason to go first oh good thank you so for me i feel like maybe we're coming around the other side of the uh, home technology difficulty curve and i'll give you an example of that i have invested in the last few years in a whole bunch of stuff i had uh, i had a, a music system throughout the house that could play music on very in various rooms in sync i had a uh, a smart remote control that could turn on and off the tv and and various other you know the the receiver and and change you know what was on and off so you could watch tv or watch a dvd or whatever i had all these things but the fact was they were all hard to use and as a result i was sort of the only person in the house who knew how to use them and everybody else got frustrated when i wasn't around and they wanted to use the stuff because they they you know things would get out of sync a little bit and then they had no idea how to put it back together and i feel like this year that changed um the Logitech Harmony remote, the Harmony hub that's uh, internet connected is much more programmable. Everybody seems comfortable if they need to get on their phone in order to kick something off, they can do it. It's got a, a, a nice remote that does what it says it's going to do and isn't super complicated to use. Um, we have a Sonos music system now, which works a lot better and again has an app that everybody's pretty comfortable using. And the Amazon Echo, I would say, is another example where that's something that everybody in my house is pretty comfortable using that. In fact, a lot of times I will find my wife or my daughter or both of them uh, commanding the uh, Echo to play various uh, music things when they're doing homework or uh, cooking dinner or whatever um, while I'm uh, finishing up work out here in the office. So I feel like uh, my family, it's not that my family is embracing this tech. I feel like the tech has gotten just a little bit better to the point where they don't feel like it's something cryptic and weird that I've had to put together in order to make it to work. So I'd say it's not all there. It's not a solved problem yet, but I actually have hope that it it uh, is getting there because it got a lot easier in 2016. Um, so I am going to pick the iPad Pro and all of the Apple connected information stuff, like the pencil and the keyboard and all of the great dongles that came and come with it. All the great dongles! <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Uh, was able to go, I photographed a wedding in Yosemite this summer and I didn't have to take my laptop 
I used my iPad. I had a dongle to back up the cards. I was able to use the pencil to sketch. Um, once I saw the location to sketch ideas for poses and whatnot, as well as the keyboard to write up blog posts and whatnot. And it was such a relief that I didn't have to take my 2012 MacBook Pro on the plane and have to use it for one or two things the entire trip. And I am, while I'm not a full-time iPad lifestyle, I tend to use it a lot more than I thought I would. And so I'm very glad that the 9.7 size came out because I am not a huge fan of the gigantic one. So having the smaller size for my dainty little lady fingers was much more uh, happy in my world. Well, I'm going to speak a little more generally for a second, rather than being about simply, you know, a, a single product or service or what have you. But um, I did something, you know, kind of as, as Jason alluded to at the top of the show, kind of weird this year in that I I, I traveled for about six weeks um, away from my home. And uh, the biggest the reason I could do that was because of technology, because even though I was traveling to other countries like India and Germany, I still was able to do my job from all of those places. Uh, thanks to, you know, my MacBook Air, uh, a microphone I bought, some headphones, you know, put those things together. And the prevalence of Wi-Fi all around the world means I could generally find a way uh, to get online and uh, record podcasts or write things for Six Colors or write my weekly Macworld column. I can do all of those things no matter where I am. And and it's kind of, you know, taking a step back and, and looking at sort of the positives, it's kind of a delightful age where that's a possibility where I don't have to be tethered to a desk uh, at my home for that job and that I can go around the world and see new things and also still, you know, manage to get some income so I can afford to go around the world and see new and interesting <laughs> things. Um, so, you know, without technology, obviously, that would be a lot harder. Um, and I think it's a testament to the flexibility of this digital age um, that it's entirely possible for people to be live that sort of itinerant lifestyle, at least for a while, um, thanks to our, our connected environment. So I, I think technology has been a, a huge boon for me this year and enabled me to do some things that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to. So thanks, technology. You're swell. I'm going to go back to uh, picking something specific. And mine is... It wasn't new this year, but it was new to me, was iCloud Photo Library. Now, I tried setting it up previously and had a really bad experience that included some data loss. Talked to AppleCare. They basically did some sort of magic voodoo reset on my iCloud account. And since then, it's been really rock solid for me. I was coming from a system where I had a bunch of subfolders on Dropbox, so I still had access to all my photos on my iOS devices. I just had to scroll through the Dropbox app. But having iCloud Photo Library set up with an iMac and a MacBook Pro and an iPad and iPhone means I have my entire photo library, tens of thousands of images with me everywhere. And at the very worst case, I tap on one and just wait for the little gear to load and download it, the full res version. And for me, it's really been it's really been a great way to to remember and to revisit photos from my past, being able to surface things in the memories uh, feature, which is new in iOS 10 and macOS Sierra is really pretty good. Now, I do back up to Google Photos, so I have some of that stuff there as well. But with Photos, it's just built right into the app that I'm, I'm using all the time. And, you know, I think a lot of people complain about iCloud services, and certainly there are parts of it that are better than others. But I've been really impressed with iCloud Photo Library after I had my sort of initial problems with it. 
um, since then it's been it's been like I said really great and it's just it's just it's just fun to like pick up an iPad if one of my kids asks you know to see the their baby pictures or the picture of their brother or sister when they were little and I can just go to their album and tap on it and you know I can just like just scroll through years of photos without having to you know get my iPad out and sync it to my iMac and then bring the iPad back in just having it all available all the time is something that I really find a lot of pleasure in as someone who uh, really enjoys photography and enjoys photos as a as a sense of memory. iCloud Photo Library has really given that to me in a new way, and uh, and I like it. All right. Well, now it's time for us to pivot for our bonus question into the future. And very quickly, I'd like to ask each of you, what is something we should look forward to in 2017? Kathy? Uh, I am starting as a second co-host for a art supply posse podcast, which is all about art supplies and the people that use them. And I am so excited to be on podcasts more often and be more than just a bystander. Yay. Uh, wow. Okay. So I've, I've got two, but I'll make it quick. One, of course, is that there is a new Star Wars movie coming out this year as every year in 2017. Episode eight's coming out. I'm very excited by it. <laughs> Uh, and perhaps only slightly more important, my debut novel comes out later this year. So get ready to pick that up when it hits the shelves, probably mid-year. Uh, Galaxy Note 8, end of story. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to say in 2017, I fully expect a resolution to one of the great mysteries of our time. What's up with the Mac Pro? I don't know whether we'll get a new Mac Pro or whether we'll just find out that it's dead. But I fully expect in 2017 that somebody will solve that mystery. Maybe us. All right. Well, that ends clockwise for 2016. Again, good riddance. We'll be back next week for 2017. All that's left is to thank our wonderful guests for joining us to ring out the old year. Kathy Campbell, thank you so much for being in the chat room practically every week and for being on Clockwise. You're so welcome. Thank you for uh, keeping my days entertaining. Stephen Haggett, thank you so much for being here and allowing us to continue doing this show every week. <laughs> End of the year report for Clockwise is Gold Star. Sweet. Oh, yay. Woo. It was really touch and go there for a second. I thought he was going to cancel us. <laughs> You're done. You're done. And Dan, uh, welcome back. It's great to have both of us in our standard locations again. So next week I'm going on vacation. Find a fill-in for me and good luck. That, thanks. Good to be back. And to everybody out there, thanks for listening to Clockwise this year. We will see you next week while Dan will. But until then, we remind you watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody bye bye